Welcome to r slash pro revenge, where OP gets a jerk face arrested. Our next Reddit post is from Lucario Stormblade. I'm a professional driver. As such, on the roads in the US, there are different truck stops throughout the country that has a pay to park system. Usually, about 10 to 20% of the lot is marked off as reserved, with each space running from $15 to $25. The truck stop where this took place has parking for $17, which is relatively cheap for a guaranteed spot. The spots are reserved for 24 hours, starting at 4 p.m. local time and extending to 3 p.m. the following afternoon. I knew that I would have a late night delivery, so I came to the truck stop around 3.30 and paid for a reserve spot. I told the manager on duty that I had a delivery up the road that night, and I'd be back once delivery was completed, but I should still be able to clear out the spot by the next afternoon. She told me that was okay, and she would mark the spot as sold when I left. That way, if someone else came in to try to reserve that spot, she'd check her notes and deny that sale. 11.15pm rolls around and I take off for my delivery. I don't get out of that facility until 2.30am the next morning. So I groggily drive back to the truck stop to reclaim my paid for spot only to find that the reserve parking spaces are all full. I call the manager on duty and after giving her my info, I tell her that all the spots are full and that someone has parked in a spot and hasn't paid for it. She sends her other employee out to start checking trucks. The culprit was a U-Haul truck, and the driver was a company driver. The other employee starts banging on his door to tell him that he's parked illegally and he has to move. The driver answers the door with a bottle of Heineken in one hand and some sort of smoking implement in another. I decided to roll down the window to hear the commotion, and I hear the employee tell the driver to either move or he would get a towing company and the cops involved. This driver is flat out irate that someone had the audacity to tell him where he can and can't park. So he slams the door on the employee, threatening him. The employee calls the cops and the tow company, but the cops show up first. I've worked for U-Haul before, so I know their policies, and more importantly, what they can and can't have in their trucks. Alcoholic beverages are not allowed in the cab. Anything that isn't a cigarette or a cigar and a lighter isn't allowed. And the coup de gras, a gun of any kind, is absolutely not allowed, and especially not allowed loaded. This driver had all of that, as well as some other not-so-legal substances in his cab, so he was hauled away in cuffs. His truck was hauled away on a wrecker. I made a phone call after the commotion died down to the U-Haul safety director and told them that their rig would be in an impound lot and their driver is going to jail over the not-so-legal stuff that he had in his truck. She thanked me and said that he would definitely lose his job. I guess he played the screw-around-and-find-out card and it bit him in his career. Yeah, what kind of moron has a car full of drugs and illegal guns and is like, call the cops, I don't care, what are you going to do about it? Uh, arrest you, obviously. Our next Reddit post is from Deleted. A couple of years ago, when I was 18, I got my degree in game development. It's a four-year track, with the last year being four months internship and four months to work on a test of skill. This is a project that you have to come up with yourself to prove that you're capable in game development. I had my internship at a very small game studio that just had two women. Let's call them Becca and Carly. They both specialized in 3D model making and 2D art. Neither of them was a programmer, so they got interns to program stuff for them. I was kinda disappointed because I had no experienced programmer to learn from or to guide me. 
but this was the only option since I started looking for an internship too late. Becca and Carly were kind of abusive and condescending in their language use. I didn't stand up for myself much. I was always a fat nerd and had no self-confidence coming out of high school or college. What was cool is that they were located in an incubator. It's kind of like a large office building that rents desks for 50 euros a month instead of floors. It's great for startups and single-person companies. As a cherry on top, it was also an incubator that specialized in game companies. So I made lots of contacts and had opportunities to meet people in the industry. I had fun there, at first. They had already started on a project, and I asked them what system they wanted me to make, like inventory, menu, gameplay elements, etc. They had an idea of what they wanted. It was a game for kids that used augmented reality. Augmented reality is quite difficult to make, and they didn't want to use APIs from companies that had already made the AR system because that would cost too much money. So for three out of the four months that I was there, I had to build my own augmented reality system. It was really tough, and I had no help other than Stack Overflow because the other devs there had their own stuff to work on. The best way to learn programming is to be good with Google and just jump in the deep end and figure it all out. I finished the AR system that worked with 2D image recognition, which is perfect for what they wanted. But it turns out they didn't have a game design document, which is basically a plan of all the stuff that you want in your game. They also didn't have a to-do wall or anything. So I spent my last month making inventory systems and stuff that was always not what they wanted. They just kept saying that we need an inventory system, but didn't know what it all had to do. So basically, my time was wasted there. Skip forward five months. I got my degree and decided that I wanted to check out the industry some more. I used all my savings and decided that I could spend a year making games and maybe it would lead to something. So I rented a desk at an incubator and thought about what game I was going to make. Becca and Carla believe that if you're technical, you're not creative. They viewed programmers as tools used to achieve their own vision. Two things were annoying about that. One, just because I like programming, that doesn't mean that I'm incapable of imagining worlds and stories. Two, game devs and game designers need each other. These are two disciplines of equal importance that make a game work. So this is what happened when they approached me. Hey, OP, are you busy? I was just thinking about what kind of game I want to make. Hey, Carly, come over here. He's not busy. Hi, OP. Could you help us out with something? Uh, yeah, sure. What can I do for you? We need you to make a menu for Unity for the AR system that you made. Now, I'll admit, the AR system was not the easiest thing to work with. It had a lot of settings and a series of steps that needed to make it work with an image. They wanted me to simplify it, even though I'd made an extensive manual on how to make it work. But I learned so much in those eight months and was positive that I could improve the system a lot. And that was good because the current code belonged to them. But still, I could use the same architecture of the code and rework it to make it mine. Yeah, alright. I guess I can rework the system and make it more user-friendly. Nice, let us know when you're finished. I spent about a month making my AR system better, and the finished system shared only 10% code with the old system. Then, I told them I was finished and showed it off. This new 2.0 version has better tracking in all light conditions. It can cover more angles, needs less detail, and now has a very user-friendly UI along with tooltips. 
What I also did is change the standard script that Unity gives you when you make a new script. I put my name and copyright in the code so I could prove that it was mine. Becca and Carly were very happy with it and even asked me to join their project as a partner. I said, yeah, I'd love to. I'll even give you a discount on the AR system. Carly said with kind of a smug face, yeah, we won't be paying you. The code was already ours and you just improved it. Besides, we didn't sign a contract or anything. Just be happy with the opportunity that we just gave you. And if you didn't intern with us, you wouldn't be here to begin with. I said, are you serious? I spent a month working on this. Yeah, but you'll make plenty with the project. There was nothing I could do about it, so I just sucked it up and agreed to join the project. Maybe I agreed more out of FOMO rather than excitement to work with them. I did learn a lesson, though. Always have a contract. And boy, did I draw something up. With this new contract, I had a right to 25% of the finished product's income. But because I didn't trust these two and I was determined not to be burned again, I drew up a general conditions contract. It had two clauses that make me laugh to this day. One, any and all code that I develop belongs to me in perpetuity. It may not be copied, modified, or used in any way without my express permission. And under no condition can I be forced to release the code files. The fine for breaching this contract was 1,000 euros per script file. My AR system had more than 20 scripts in it. And two, if I get fired for a shared project, I'm entitled to 50 euros per hour that I spend working on that project. No exceptions. They signed both contracts without even reading them. And they didn't even have a contract for me in return. Here comes the good parts. I learned pretty early on that I was just there to listen and make whatever they wanted. They didn't want my input on anything. Even if they had dumb, impractical, or just impossible ideas about what the game should have, I couldn't protest or suggest something else, even though I tried. Fast forward six months, it's winter now, and the project is just not going very well. I constantly have to revisit finished components because they wanted more functionality in them. I wasn't happy, and I went over to their desk to complain and demand a final document that I could work off of. Uh, it's called feature creep, and a real game developer should know how to deal with that. I said, this is not alright. I'm wasting my time because you two can't make up your minds and get a final idea in your heads. Becca and Carly dismissed me and later sent me an email. Dearest OP, we regret to inform you that our partnership is not working out and we've decided to let you go from the project. We hope there aren't any hard feelings. I was quite angry, but I remembered the clauses, so at least I'd get paid a lot of money. I went over to their desks with the meanest grin on my face. Hey guys, I read your email. That sucks, but I understand. We have different creative ideas and we're just not on the same page. We're so happy you understand. Are you sure there are no hard feelings? No, not at all. I learned a lot and had fun. I can recycle these components to make other games. Just remember, you can't do anything similar to our game. They were referring to the competition clause in my internship contract, which I apparently was still under because that project wasn't finished. Oh, yeah, no worries. I've got something else in mind. After that, I returned to my desk and sent them an invoice of 26 weeks, 40 hours a week for 50 euros an hour. And I had my log to back it up. The total cost was 60,000 euros. 
They freaked out. They had nowhere near this kind of money, as they were both working second jobs and were both saving up wanting to start a family with their boyfriends. There's no way that we're paying this much. We understand some compensation is warranted, but this is too much. I lost six months of income on this project, and you signed the terms. I showed them the contract they signed. But fine, I'll take it to court, and we can see what a judge has to say. The court proceedings took around eight months. The judge decided that I was in the right, thanks to my logs and the copyright line in the codes, but also that I was asking for too much because it would utterly bankrupt those two. So instead, I would get 20,000 euros and be reimbursed for legal costs, totaling around 35,000 euros. For Becca and Carly, this was a massive blow. Becca had to sell her car to get the money and couldn't get a mortgage for the house she wanted to buy. They also had to use home offices because the other people working at the incubator wouldn't even talk with them anymore. Since I made sure that everyone there knew how they tried to screw me over. I also told the entire story to my old teachers so no interns will be coming to them from my old college. The last time I heard from them was a year or so later when they asked me for the code that I made for the project. One of their hard drives crashed and they didn't have backups. I laughed my butt off over the phone and pointed them to my contract. You can't have my code. It's in the general conditions. You can't even work with anything I made because you don't have permission to use my code. If you do, you owe me another 20,000 euros. Tell you what, though. I'll send it to you. Well, how much do you want? 60,000 euros. There was silence on the other side of the phone. Then, click. As of right now, their studio is out of business, and I'm set to graduate next year with no student debt at all. This story makes me feel powerful and good about myself. I stood up, and I got rewarded. Don't F with the fat programming nerd. That's not exactly how I would put it, OP, but I think you're on the right track here. Don't mess with the IT guy. That was our slash pro revenge. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.